Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Podcart's Life is Like a Box of Records podcast. My name is Helena Rifai. Occasionally, we bring in special guests to speak about the records that have soundtracked their lives so far. This week's guest is M. Woods. Hello. Hello, darling. <laughs> How are you? I'm, uh, I'm pretty fab under the circumstances of being a bit sick. Yeah. But rotten through it. And you're off on tour next week. Yeah, so that's, I'm just like taking it easy. Got some Oreos here, courtesy of you, thanks. <laughs> keep me going, keep me going, get some is, sugars. Is there ever a, a kind of nervous anticipation about going on tour? Uh, not really for the show, like the actual show itself, more for like this time I've got regular there organising the tour, which is the first kind of tour I've had organized for me it's always been me that's like setting up them all up myself so it's been great to kind of take a step back from that because I cannot express how much I hate having to like organize it drive it make it sure everything happens plus play the shows it's not fun but so I'm excited now that like uh, regular have kindly organised this tour but also then it's got those like other things whereas when I organise it and it's really shit <laughs> or like the tickets like ticket sales are, are like a crazy thing sometimes because you never know especially like I mean Glasgow you can get amazing gigs every night but like I know kind of further out I don't know there's those scenes as well and I've played in all those places before so it's exciting and hopefully people come but then it's just that added pressure that somebody else has put that on and you better get lots of the happy people or even just some happy people at the show. Yeah. I'm sure there will be when they come. Um. See, so I've, like with these Life is Like a Box of Records podcasts, I've asked you to pick six songs that have, soundtrack your life so far because yes. obviously hopefully you've got a bit of time left um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um and yours are really old school which is really lovely um but we'd done an interview before and and you kind of explained that that is very much your taste you're yeah. into old school classic uh, artists um so we might as well get into this and We'll talk about more about your record and, and other things. Beach Boys. Yes. Now, uh, out of all the songs that you could have picked, why this one? Um, so I picked, I just wasn't made for these times, solely because, not only like from the slight relation to, obviously that's a kind of thing that everyone says, like, oh, I should have been born in this era, but not just that just I feel like this sums up Brian like in a song because like his whole 
like life and career and well-being is kind of summed up in this one song I feel like like not just only the title but like the subjects and stuff that he touches on I mean I definitely relate to that as as a lot of people probably will if they've heard the song but yeah I just my love for Brian and his songwriting is all like intertwined with like how he is as a person and like I think how his thoughts work. Obviously, I've not got an insight insight into Brian's brain, but from what I've seen, like documentaries and like even him speaking about his like how he goes about his life and how um, just how he like paves his way in the world. I think that this this song like sums that up completely. And although I would have maybe went for God only knows, which was kind of the first one that really properly got me like what is this? Uh, I feel like this one was maybe a bit truer once I actually found, like once I actually got like delved into the Beach Boys and Brian and and those beautiful sounds. <laughs> and I've been trying hard to find the people that I won't leave behind. They say I got brain mentioned there about some of the stuff that he wrote about and you it, it relates to you and so on so what are some of those things that you kind of find an affinity with um I feel like he is constantly up with like battle not only with self but also I guess with like everything and everyone around him because he was not that I would be comparing my, my like, um, uh, not talent or whatever, like, not that I'm comparing that to him because he's obviously a giant success and, like, he's he's Brian Wilson. But, like, uh, just the kind of, like, how he wanted to constantly expand and constantly, like, push further and, like, getting those kind of um, maybe people that were just a bit scared or... Or like uh, and his bandmates and stuff like that, and his record label all kind of like pushing that back to be like he, those are. He was kind of fighting the pop world, and like the the kind of like general hits and and the structures that had to fall into, it. and also on the bigger scheme, he was kind of fighting the making music for money because he wanted to make music how he wanted to make music and then it like expanded further and that's when the band kind of like freaked out and they wanted to tour the songs that they knew could sell whereas he wanted to make the music that was right for him and it does like 
there's now like so many like pop hits and one hit wonders and like the the industry is so like immediate in the now and once that like five minutes has passed it's on to the next thing and it's it's I guess it's like scary to kind of try and keep up with that and I I don't know I don't really feel like I fit into that that bracket of music anyway but yeah he he got fame from like churning out these bangers but I guess um which are still amazing I don't like I still love those songs as well but once he kind of like got really into like orchestral arrangements of pop songs and stuff it was just yeah it was it was wild mind-blowing and um is that something that you've ever delved or considered is is doing something that's a bit more kind of accompanied with uh you know more classical instruments than the orchestral side of stuff yeah I mean that it's more accessibility like there is a lot of talented musicians in Glasgow and stuff but then once you're kind of asking people to play especially when they're classically trained and they can make a lot of money from and and also like the kind of like orchestra I love the sound of the instruments but a lot of the time it's like a lot of complicated stuff whereas if you kind of ask a classical player to bring it back down to these like maybe still not so simple but like poppier kind of stuff it's it's hard to maybe ask someone to do that when it's like really for the gratitude of you not for what they want to do and especially when you can't pay them or can't pay them that much it's hard to kind of get into that like getting those people so I, I guess like I've experimented with that and trying to get like um sounds from guitars that are kind of like so like feedbacky guitars or and like stuff that's kind of sounds more string like and not too much guitar like so and with some of the songs like I've got like um I just like got bigger uh, floor toms and stuff to kind of make like timpani sounds and yeah so I try to experiment with that as much as I can but within my own means well Go on to our next one. So this is my mum's idol, so it's quite nice. This is the first time anyone's ever played Elvis yes. on our podcast, so I'll need to tell her. Um, so Elvis and, I mean, Burning Love, he, he changed so much in music. Yeah. And um, what what's your kind of first memory of, of hearing Elvis? Um, we are sat sat in the back. Now I've got uh, I've got four sisters, um, so we were sat in the back of my dad's like Chrysler minivan thing, and uh, and like he played this song, and I was sat in the very very back, so I was like right next to the speakers, and I was just like, what is this song? And I was like shout to my dad in the front, like Dad, what what's this song? Like, oh, it's whatever, but I can't remember the specific song order. But it was a, it was a gold CD. It was like Elvis Gold or something like that. Fifties, like fifty songs of Elvis, um, and 
but I didn't know that at the time. So I was like, yeah, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's Elvis Presley, King of Rock. And then I was like, yeah, cool. And then the next song came on, I was like, what? But what is this? Like, what? who is this? And he's like, yeah, it's Elvis Presley. And so on for a few songs. And he's like, Morgan, it's an Elvis CD. <laughs> but I just like, it blew my mind. It's, it, I don't know. It was just, I heard so much, like my sisters were all into pop and listening to like Radio 1 and like Capital FM. If that was, I don't even know how long they've been about, but whatever the equivalent, like real radio and stuff like that went. Um, and I just never got, I never got excited about any of those songs, but like Elvis was probably one of the first people I was like, yes. <laughs> I think because they had like a lower voice and I've got a lower voice and like if I try and sing Mariah Carey, it's not going to do me any favours. <laughs> so like I related more to him, his voice and his kind of sounds and than I did to female singers that I should be kind of trying to sing along with, or you you would say should be trying to sing along with. And how do the older members of your family react to your music? Uh, my gran loves it. She always, but I always like take her through demos, and then it's like just me like sitting playing in the living room with a band or whatever, and she's like, "I can't hear what you're saying." But <laughs> like, obviously, I'm like, "Well, that's because it's not recorded yet." You're, I was like, "You're getting exclusives here," but she gets really excited about it. She comes along to gigs and stuff, and my granny Maureen, she's kind of the same, but she's not been to a gig, but she. She's always on Facebook, like being, like commenting all the, commenting all the M Woods stuff. Like this, you'll see it and like, you're beautiful, love you, Granny. <laughs> like, how are you on Facebook? What's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, they, they they like it. I think um, it took a it took a while because I was the, their non musical family. Uh, all of them. I don't think there's anyone that really plays. My gran told me that there was a bagpiper in the family. <laughs> but I don't know about that. I think he was supposedly famous, but I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, no one else did music or like were really that into it other than my sister. She did like stage front or stage, I don't know what it's called, some state, some like when you do like musicals and that on stage. Uh, but I never even really started music until I was in my fourth year at school. And um, yeah, I took it from there and I was just like, started learning by myself. The, the curriculums in school aren't that really great for learning actual instruments and stuff. But yeah, no, I just took it from there and then got, like, I bought a ukulele when I was in Orkney for one summer. And then I got like a wee keyboard and I just started like working things out from ear. Um, and then I eventually got a guitar when I was like 18, but it took me a while to even like, because I could semi-play other instruments, I was like, I don't want to go back to learning again. But I really did, because I, f- I wanted, like, you can't lift a keyboard about and plug, like, if you've not got power so outside, you can't just, like, go and take it anywhere you want. So I wanted to be movable. Where, where did you grow up? Um, Clickmanninshire. So I was kind of, like, dotted all over, like, sometimes Tullabuddy or Alawa or uh, Tillacootry as well. But, like, in my dad's house in Tillicutri, there was, like, a quarry and stuff behind it. So I was, like, very much an outdoorsy child. So I never really sat in too much. Um, and he he got us, like, quad bikes when we were younger. So I was always just, like, doing mental shit out up on the hill. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, like, a wee, a wee boy child. My dad came up one time with a, 
I, I was trying to dig a jump for my quad bike with a shovel and it was like dig, digging into gravel which made no marks really at all and then he came up with a uh, a digger and dug like the biggest hill I've ever seen but obviously I was a child but it was yeah I was very much outdoors so I started music very late I think so uh this is an interesting one, Jerry Lee Lewis, and <laughs> someone I I wouldn't have, I, I guess, uh, you know, you know, you stereotype people, um, and I hate doing that now because I think everyone's got like something that is completely unpredictable. But I mean, was was he part of those that music that you were kind of listening to as a child in your childhood? Yeah, I mean, I think like. My like I said, my family weren't too music orientated, but they always had like compilation albums, like Dreamboats and Petticoats when that kind of started coming out, and like just my granddad had like this old jukebox in his living room. It was pretty. It was like it was really cool because you could just like pick what ever. So it was just all like c- weird, like CDs and and like there were so many songs that I could have picked, but this I picked I think Jerry Lee Lewis because. Uh, my, I was just one, you know, like family parties. It was just like when this came on, it was always like such an excitement. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I let you love what I thought it was funny. You came along and you knew me, honey. I've changed my mind. This world is fine. And like my papa, like on my my mum and my stepdad's side, um, he had like this puffy that was it was just like this old like old couch and like this puffy that I used to like when this we used to play this song like me and my sisters and like jump up on the puffy and like just run round all the chairs. I don't know, it was great fun. <laughs> it was great fun but yeah just like it's just family parties were the best when you were younger because you were you did not know what was going on everyone just got like louder and happier i know why that is now (laughs) baby (laughs) a lot of baby at family party you just like run about like oh he's happy he's having a great time oh he's sleeping now oh had a great time (laughs) no it's best (laughs) yeah it's great um so the you've You've said, uh, you know, all these old school classic artists have, have influenced your music. What have been some of the the, the kind of hardest times for you as a, a musician? Um, I mean, I guess like, uh, like I'm self-managed, self-releasing and stuff like that. So it's quite tough just like keeping not just the momentum up because I'm trying not to like focus too much on that even though I know like to make a career as a musician you have to be like a kind of like a constant especially if you're releasing your own stuff um because once you're quiet for a year it's hard to kind of I guess push yourself back up but but yeah it's just I don't know it's like it's as much as it's an ongoing struggle, it's great. It's great because I would never, I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't. Uh, it's tough to like kind of fund yourself constantly and like 
And then I did that pledge campaign, that pledge went under. So that was not a great time because, like, during that time, uh, we did the pledge campaign to do a record, then we recorded... um, we recorded some stuff and then that just like kind of awoken me to be like, this is not the music that I initially wrote or like how, how or how I first, how, how I thought it was going to be sounding. It was kind of like, this is how I've been playing it for so long. So it kind of stuck. But then when I got the things back, it was like very underwhelming. And then I kind of like disbanded my band <laughs> and then the pledge thing went under. So it was... But then I got like a new band and I've kind of been, work- well, I've been working with lots of different people. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of keep that like all, because I'm very not an organised person. I know that. <laughs> very not organised one bit. But, I mean, I've seemed to keep it together for with the band stuff. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like keeping that like, drive up to be like, if you're not doing it, no one else is doing it for you. So, like, the writing and stuff always is nice to do and the recording is great to do, but the things around that, like, organising tours and shows and organising band to a band to get together, because I change my band all the time. Well, I've got, like, three different players on each instrument that kind of know the stuff so that I can always... I'm never restricted of which shows I want to play. I'm like, I always say yes and then kind of figure out a band through that. But that's kind of representative of who you are within the music community as well, it's fair to say. I think that I've mentioned this to you before in that you, there's a lot of different communities and I guess some people call them cliques within Scotland, um, but you are very much your own person and you like to go between all of those yeah, places. Yeah. Um, has that always been something that you've been conscious of and you don't want to kind of restrict yourself to certain groups? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever, like, naturally... Like, I feel like I was kind of the same in school as well. I had different, like, pockets of friends because, I don't know, like... I, I, well, I've never, like, not not being like accepted into one but I've never been like around people where I've been like this is where I'm gonna like these are my like best of pals and this is where I'm gonna stick I've got like really great friends kind of dotted around uh, and like and all those like kind of pockets of people that are in kind of groups in Glasgow I kind of get on with everybody so I don't I don't uh, feel the need to kind of stick to one because then you're you're I don't know you're you're letting yourself down a wee bit with that because like there's there's um, like so many amazing musicians and if you just like stick yourself to one group it kind of excludes the rest and and also like the different sounds and the different like way even way people dresses and stuff like that there's no point in like just putting yourself into one because it's too maybe restrictive yeah um now we're coming up for a legend, Here Dolly, we go. <laughs> and uh, so who is now as I, I would say now has become this cult figure with a new generation as well. Yeah. And uh, what do, who does what does Dolly mean to you? Um, Dolly Parton, my mum. We used like uh, we used to, just any time we were in the car, my mum only had a Dolly Parton CD, and like. I feel like I 
just her storytelling was unreal. Like she's obviously this like flamboyant, like you could, you couldn't miss her. By but also like all her songs are just so like relatable. Even though they're kind of the older country spin and like the culture or difference, you can't obviously relate to that kind of bit. But just every song that she's kind of got has got something that like anyone from anywhere in the world can be like, yeah, I get, I get that as well. It, although like she's obviously this like country darling and, and like worldwide sweetheart. Uh, yeah, I think she just like there, there's just no real. Like, she doesn't give any bad things out, I don't think. I've, I've yet to see anyone that's disgruntled with her or any bad, like, press that she's this bad person. And I've watched, like, some documentaries of how she was, like, how she was when she was younger and her speaking about just, like, you have the biggest hair that gets, like, people noticed and then you can actually, like, spread a message. And I think that's, that's like a cool way to to be I think although we had no money well, I was rich as I could be in my coat of many colors my mama made for me so with patches on my britches and holes in both my shoes in my coat of many colors I hurried off to school just to find the others laughing and making fun of me and my coat uh, What was it about colors. Coat of Many Colours out of her back catalogue that really that that, sticks with you? Yeah, I mean, that was on the CD and, like, that was one of the ones that I knew all the words to. I think the story of it's, like, so sweet and, like... I guess because my mum was the one that was like playing the CDs, it was that kind of like mother and instinct of like this poor family. Not that I was poor, like poor, probably like pretty middle class, like. But um, but she like it was about this poor family that our like our mum would just like all any rags that they could find, she sewed it together to make a coat of many colours because it was getting cold outside and then like all the people like all our friends at school slagged her for having like this scraggly coat that was all but it was just this like unique coat that nobody else had that your mum also made for you so it was like just a like pure heartwarming story I don't know I just when I heard that for the first time and obviously it was on repeat that was like one of the songs that just like always stuck with me so you've you've referenced a couple of times now about the stories within songs and and so on. Is that something that you kind of try to apply to your own songwriting? I hope that comes through anyway. Um, I mean, I I think there is like some create like even some amazing Scottish storytellers out there, like Eddie Reader. If you haven't ever been to see her live, she has got like she just um like. As if when she sings and she'll tell a story, but so sing the story, like like she'll be like, yeah, no, I went to this party in this tenement flat. Then she'll be like, she'll sing a song that somebody was or that was playing in the background or something. Then she'll go on to like this, but it's like you can actually like vision being there. I would hope that I could uh, write that well, but I think I'm like 
expanding my like uh, vocabulary and also uh, like how I write songs because when you first kind of start to write songs you write them very linear and like very much about self so I'm trying to like also put together my thoughts to be able to put that into a song instead of just like saying the literal as well because I I can think those things but it's difficult to when you actually like go to write down like lyrics and stuff for it so I kind of just take notes of like what's going on all the time around me and stuff or like things that I think and then take them from there but it is all hopefully like hopefully I tell good stories Who is fast becoming 
one of the most talked about and um, just stunning uh, performers. Uh, you've chosen an older song, um, and why? Why her? Um, I don't like. There's just something in Angel Olsen's voice that like is like solely unique in the emotion, and like you can from without even saying a word, you can say how that song, like how she's feeling, or how that what that song is about, without even actually like. Re, like looking into the words again her like she kind of started out like just her and her guitar or I don't know solely if it was just that but that's the kind of thing I can remember hearing her stuff like acrobat and like it was just her in this like insanely haunting voice um, and then she started ki- like releasing kind of more like full band songs and then she went to the kind of like Pop eight, the My Woman album, which is still full of bangers, but it was like maybe a bit further away from what I would know Angel Olsen to be. Then she's got her new album out, which is unreal. But yeah, I picked a song off an older one because I think like the this song is truly one of the most beautiful songs of the world. absolutely smashing it like she's she's like all her songs that she's that she's especially her earlier stuff is like so beautiful um it it keeps going it keeps obviously like it's getting better but but the like I guess the arrangements and stuff and like the kind of sounds and stuff that she's got in her earlier albums are because our new one's set, like, kind of electronic, not really electronic, but it's kind of got more electronic instruments where our earlier stuff was just, like, really, like, stripped back acoustic or or just even, like, with uh, just natural instruments from the band. Um, but, yeah, I'd, like, just her and her words and her voice just, like, encapture you to, like, a different place. Um, We should... We should talk about your record. Yeah. Um, and you've kind of stuck to your 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 kind of dialect as well and you've called it It's My Party. Yeah. Uh, what you you accompanied it with um a film which was really beautifully shot and um had a, a kind of real texture to it and so on and, and it stuck it kind of was faithful to the aesthetic that you create with your music and what you talk about as well um for you I mean it, can you sum up what it was that you're trying that you were trying to get across with this album or what you were trying to channel yeah I mean um I wanted to like I said before like kind of touch on like the well the arrangements of it because I I totally like scrapped the whole ideas of kind of everything else 
the only one song I guess off that was Lullaby which I kind of kept I never really introduced fully to the band anyway so it was kind of left semi-untouched to its original kind of state with other things obviously added on on top on top of what I first had but that was maybe the the easiest one to record because it was like from my ideas from the beginning it, there was no like kind of bleeding in from other other places we were friends before you came along we were friends before you brought that God I will shut the the record it was it was tricky to get where it was until we actually got into the studio and then like things just started to kind of fall into place because it was really tricky 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 to kind of pull it all back from what it had become and then to bring it back to like kind of nothing and then build up from there again um i wanted to to kind of like put across like a true sound of what I heard the songs to be and like the same kind of vibe even though like some of the songs are kind of different the first track Mother Doesn't Love You is, is kind of like a tune you might like hear in like a Tarantino film or something like that it's I, I, like I, I listened to um, Ernie Omaracone quite a bit and he is like I just like love all the wee sounds that he's got in it that like they just like totally add texture and like a vibe to a song that like might be the simplest of things but it just creates this mood so I wanted to kind of have that across the board of course it's a record but yeah it was trying to like tie them all in together from where they had become to where they had been and then like totally pulling that back to kind of making these records on, on I never like 
I had too much like different instruments and stuff in it. It was just kind of the the generic uh, two guitars, bass, drums, a little bit of like organ and uh, some brass. But um, I wanted to like experiment with all the guitar sounds and kind of get all like all the sounds right before I like hit record. I wanted to leave very little to edit in because once you kind of, I know you've got to like trust the producer that you're working with, but I thought like if I get all the sounds for everything right and begin to begin with, there's it's not like I'm handing this thing that I've worked on over to someone else to like change all that much. Um so yeah, I went in with that and with the film I did the same, like kinda got all the the shots and stuff right. No, it's it's a stunning uh, record and I often say this, it's really nice to have something that's like a body of work. It, it flows really nicely and it fits together and you can kind of really see that the people that you've worked, to, you've worked with have invested in your sound and it's like they've let you breathe as a, a musician. It's not them trying to put their stamp on things, which has been really, really good. Um, speaking of unbelievable voices you've introduced me to twain who's your last pick and um who fits really nice within this um kind of mix of of people that you have um and yeah so i i I once people kind of hear this then they'll kind of understand maybe why you've picked it but why this song and and how did you discover twain um i've pretty sure it might have been like one of those um i think it was maybe like discover weekly on spotify or something like that i I go kind of through phases of like i'll i'll make a playlist and then i'll like listen to this playlist until everyone around me wants to murder me and then i'll be like okay maybe i should make a new playlist i'll go like discover weekly or because there's sometimes like there's sometimes you get really really great ones and i'm glad i did with this track this was the first track I ever heard by Twain and then it took me on to his album Rare Feeling which is definitely a rare feeling. In the morning Getting stronger Getting richer By the day That's the way it was maybe one of my favourite albums of the world for sure Pet Sounds is obviously top of the list but um, but Twain yeah he's he's just I think he's like from like San Francisco or somewhere in California um, and I don't think he's got too much like crazy fan base or whatever not that that makes any difference because if you hear the record it is out of this world like Every song on the record is like so beautiful, and like the instruments again, kind of the Angel Olsen esque of like more is less, and just as like melodies and his words are so beautiful, and his voice is unreal. But like just the whole the whole package. Well, thank you for 
um coming in to speak to me so uh just for people that are coming so where are you going to be playing oh yes uh, i'm gonna be playing um this saturday which is the 26th of october yeah october um in stereo in glasgow and then the next night which is sunday the 27th i'm in dundee then the 28th in edinburgh which is monday at the voodoo rooms um all and then the first i'm in inverness at the tooth and claw and then aberdeen at the tunnels on the third so yeah i've got five dates and um, I think you can probably access it easily from like regular website or well, from we'll, like the we'll Facebook put a link, link. Oh, um, so that people can can find out. But um, thank you so much. No, truly, thanks much. And, and uh, yeah, also for the Oreos. Yes, you're welcome. And a good. <laughs> a we treat. should. I should get them to sponsor this podcast. Oreos, if they're yes. listening. <laughs> Best of luck. Thanks so much.